This morning I felt like the Lord could take us so many directions on our intercession. And just as we were about to start the call, I really heard the Lord remind me of a personal testimony. And I think it's really important that we share personal experience when the Lord answers and comes through. Not do we just give him praise and glory when we testify, but we also give others permission to believe. And this is also kind of a teaching testimony. When my oldest two children were very young, maybe eight and ten, maybe seven and nine, somewhere around that age, their names are Brett and Taylor. I became friends with a woman who started coming to our church. Her name was Rhonda, and Rhonda and I became fast friends and prayer partners. And Rhonda shared with me her father was a minister in um, the um, Uh, another denomination, but he was a wonderful man of God, and they really believed in intercession. And at that time, I really didn't know what intercession was, but she said something that stuck with me. And what she said to me was she prayed for her three boys, and they they were small children as well. She prayed for her three boys' future wives every day. She would pray that the Lord would bring them godly women. And I thought, wow, that's a really remarkable prayer. And so when Brett and Taylor were about the ages that I'd mentioned, I I felt like the Lord prompted me to begin praying for my children's spouses. And of course, when your kids are little, it's hard to think about when they grow up and marry someone, but you know how time marches on pretty quickly. And so I began to pray at those ages that the Lord would bring godly spouses to my children. Now, I, I fully admit at this time I didn't know what intercession was, so it's hard for me to say I was interceding, but I truly was standing in the gap for my children, not even knowing what that definition was. I would pray that my, my children would meet godly Um, a a godly man and a godly woman and that they would be so busy chasing Jesus they would sort of just bump into each other I prayed for that child because at that age they would obviously be children as well and I prayed that their families would would speak the importance of Christ to them and that they would speak life to them and they would be active in a body of believers and they would learn how to follow Jesus and submit to Jesus and 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 serve him like my children served him and like I wanted them to serve them. I said that because this weekend my my son married his new wife and her name is Taylor also and a year and a half ago my Taylor married her husband Colin. And I think it's important to note that both of these, now my son and daughter-in-law, knew the Lord before they met my children. Both of them were an answer to prayer that I prayed years and years ago. And I didn't even pray it very well. I didn't even articulate it very well. But the Lord knew the intention of my heart. And I tell you, I did not let that prayer go. By the time I was pregnant with Baylor, our youngest, I began to think that the Lord would have so much more time to work because I could pray from the very beginning of her life for the future that she had, for the plan that the Lord had in mind for her, just like he had in mind for Taylor, just like he had in mind for Brett. And I began to intercede when I knew what intercession was with great fervor not just for my children's future, but for the future of the people they would join their lives to. 
And this weekend was a culmination of that prayer. And as I sat on the front row and I watched these kids pray together and I watched them worship together, the Lord so gently reminded me of how he answered prayer again. He did the same thing when Taylor married Colin and I sat there and I realized the Holy Spirit was reminding me of his faithfulness to answer that prayer. And I was so grateful And this morning, as he gently reminded me of what he reminded me Saturday, I had to share with you that he is such a faithful God, and I placed my children's lives in the hands of a faithful God, and I placed the lives of their future spouses in the hands of a faithful God, praying that these kids would find people that would put him first so that life wouldn't be something it shouldn't be, but it would be everything he wanted it to be for these kids. And, you know, I've said it time and time again, if you don't intercede for your children, who will? If you don't intercede for your grandchildren, who will? It's no one else's responsibility. It's yours. It's mine. And so I'm so honored to testify this morning of the faithfulness of a good God who reminds us of the prayers that we pray and then reminds us when he answers those prayers. And he is to be glorified for that this morning. And so I just want you to know whatever you're standing in the gap for, he's hearing you. I'm so grateful. In fact, let's talk about that this morning. As you're praying for your family, I'm learning, I'm learning again and still how to intercede better for my family. I'm learning again and still how to intercede better for my church. I'm learning again how to intercede better for the kingdom territory in which he's entrusted and the city in which we are staying. And so I just want to share with you a few points this morning that I think will help your intercession before we pray together. I'm always reminded when I'm standing in the gap for children, grandchildren, those that are lost and prodigal of our family. And again, I remind you, it is your responsibility to stand in the gap for your family. I don't think you have to beg the Lord to give you that intercession. I think he wants you to stand in the gap for your family, especially your children and grandchildren. They're your lineage. And, you know, I love the prayer that we can pray of intercession that those children that we have and grandchildren that we have that are serving the Lord would continue to do so and that they would never turn away, that they would never become prodigal. Wouldn't that be the prayer that we all hope and want to pray? But if your children are not serving the Lord, no matter what their age is, they don't have to be young. They can be a middle aged, They can be older. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm so reminded of one of my favorite verses as I was just reading through my time with the Lord this morning in 2 Peter 3, 9, that the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I love this verse. But I feel like I got a new insight from it this morning. You know, I'm grateful that the Lord so desires. It's his heart we are praying when we pray for the lost, when we pray for the prodigal to come to know him, because it is his heart that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the first part of that verse talks about the Lord is not slow about his promise. I know there's going to come a day when he fulfills that promise, and so do you. He is a fulfiller of promises. He is a keeper of promises. He's going to fulfill his promise. 
And in these days in which we live, there's an urgency that rises up within me that reminds me that there is coming a time soon, soon, that the Lord will begin to fulfill the promises. And so I believe there should be an urgency within us to rise up and intercede more efficiently, more effectively, and more, more honestly for our prodigals and our lost We should be burdened for those we love around us that are not serving the Lord. We should be burdened for them. And if we're not, we really need to question where we are with the Lord. Because if we are not taking on the same burden and brokenness that the Lord has in his heart, if we're not taking on the same desires the Lord has in his heart, how are we praying and interceding correctly? And so I just want to remind you that at some point the Lord, who is not slow, who is not slow, but terribly patient and terribly gracious to us, he will fulfill his promise. And for those of you that are currently standing in the gap for prodigals, for lost of your children, grandchildren, and family, I would say, I think we press on in urgency, not panicking, not begging, But in urgency, we are pressing on in our intercession and listening to how Holy Spirit would teach us to intercede better for each one of those individuals. And I would remind you that intercession from each person to each person is very different, just as individual as they are. So listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to teach you how to intercede for that lost loved one. Secondly, in these days, I feel it is critical that we begin, if we are not already, or continue if we are, to intercede for our local church and our local body. I think it is so important that our churches be houses of prayer, that our local bodies be believers that pray together. And I'm talking about Holy Spirit-filled and Holy Spirit-led prayer time. I'm not talking about um, the lists that we sometimes create and we just pray over the lists, but we do more talking with each other than we do the Lord. I'm talking about those moments when worship and prayer go together and we listen together and we pray out together. And then when we're home alone in our prayer closet, we are still too praying for our local body and our local pastor. I have a new burden this year for something that the Lord is just beginning to articulate within me, and I can't quite share it yet, but it's coming, I believe. Um, I think I'm going to talk about it soon. But it is the new burden I have not only for pastoral intercession, but also for pastors to intercede back to their flock, for their flock. And so I think it is critical, intercessors, that if you are not already beginning to intercede for your church if you would begin or ask the Lord if that would be a prayer he would like for you to pray. There's many, many instances in the New Testament where we are asked um, to pray for the body of believers. Um, There's some verses in um, Colossians 3 and Colossians 4. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 gives you some real beautiful ways to pray for your church. Colossians 4, 2 through 4 again, gives you some really beautiful ways to stand in the gap for your church body. And there's many, many, many verses um, the Lord has in his word on how to pray for your local body of believers. The third thing 
I think we should begin to ask the Lord for. And I mentioned this last week, if you were on the call, toward the end of the teaching time about Graham Cook's sharing of kingdom zones and that there is an area around you. You know, it says in Psalms that the Lord sets boundaries. And you know, within the boundaries that he sets, the Lord is giving us territory. And we need to steward that gift well by praying and interceding for this kingdom zone, for this territory. It may be your um, local uh, neighborhood where you live. Um, it may be the area in which you take your daily walk. It may be your church neighborhood. Maybe you live in a church parsonage next to the church, and maybe that church territory in that neighborhood is your territory. I don't know. I think you begin to pray and ask the Lord the area in which he wants you to pray over. Um, I have been praying for the one-mile radius around our local church. And so while we're here, that is one thing I have been praying and interceding for daily is that territory, um, that one-mile radius around um, our local church. So We've talked about what it looks like to begin praying for a city, but the truth is we have to start with a smaller area and work our way out. Graham Cook talks about this pouring out of the spirit in one spot and then letting it flow out from that area. And so if we begin to prayer walk and if we begin to intercede and if we begin to prayer drive and we begin to do outreach and we begin to pray for this territory, whatever it is that the Lord has called you to, one of the things that I think is important is to pray for other churches and other bodies of believers in that territory. In fact, that's one of the new prayer points the Lord has given me this last week. He's asking me to stand in the gap and pray for other churches and other bodies of believers of all denominations because I'm reminded that the revival that the Lord wants to bring is much too big for one church. It needs to be um, shared. I want that every church should be full. And the truth is there's so much lost out there that if every church were full, there would still be those that couldn't find a seat anywhere. So we aren't really competing we need to pray in a spirit of cooperation, in a spirit of unity. And so I have a verse that I think the Lord laid on my heart about this. In Second Corinthians 8, the Lord speaks of for the first seven verses. Paul is actually writing to the Corinthians, right? It's 2 Corinthians. He's writing to the Corinthians. But in 2 Corinthians 8, the first seven verses, he's actually talking about the churches of Macedonia. And he's talking about um, the, the grace of God that has been given to them. He's talking about though they've had affliction, um, they've had abundance and joy, even in their affliction. Um, they've had poverty. Um, but yet this is how they are doing and so basically what he's doing is he's asking the Corinthian church to pray for the Macedonian church. And so I think we have to realize that we cannot be so internally focused all the time. We need to see that the bigger picture of what the Lord wants to do in his kingdom, and it rests on the back of prayer and intercession. I believe it's foundational. I believe revival comes and the kingdom moves forward on the back of prayer and intercession. It literally moves forward prayer by prayer, 
intercession by intercession, he expands his kingdom. And so if we begin to pray and bless the churches and congregations and the local bodies that are meeting in this territory in which the Holy Spirit has given you to pray for, we begin to bless them. We ask the Lord to flourish them. We ask the Lord to grow them, to mature them, to bring them along, to do the things in his kingdom he wants to do in those churches, not just our own. And then hopefully there comes a time when we get to begin to meet with them and pray with them and that sometime these churches representative will begin to pray together and then, then the outpouring on the territory in which the Lord has given us of the Holy Spirit is so great that it begins to leak out of that territory and into the city in which you're praying for. That's what we desire to happen. And so if we're talking about praying for a city, one of my very favorite verses is Jeremiah 29 and 7. If the Lord, and I know we've recently begun talking about this, and it's been several weeks now that I've mentioned this, that if the Lord is burdening you to pray for your city, I would begin to ask him about that. You know, I would begin to ask him, Lord, is this a city that you want me to stand in the gap for? Because I, again, believe that the revival that the Lord wants to bring really can and will transform cities, regions, countries. But again, I still believe that it moves forward on the back of intercession. And so if we're praying little bitty internalized prayer, we might have little bitty results. Of course, we serve a big God, and he always exceeds our expectations. But let's be honest. I think we need to grow our prayer life as we mature. We need to grow our intercession as we mature. And I believe if the Lord is laying upon you a city to pray for, go after that thing and do it the best you can. And in 20, Jeremiah 29 and 7, the Lord says to seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will have welfare. And so the Jewish people are, they hate Babylon. They hate it. And here they are exiled to Babylon and they're miserable there. And they're even cursing the people there and they're, they're in, they're just miserable because they're in exile and they're not in their homeland. And that's the natural response, right? That's the fleshy response, right? If we're all taken captive and taken from our home in which we love so much and we're put into this place, we're going to hate it. Who wouldn't? That's the natural man human response. But see, the Lord says, no, look at it from this perspective. Bless this city. Pray for their welfare, because if they're doing well, you're doing well. Pray to me on behalf of this people, because if they're prospering, you're prospering. Quit looking at yourself. Quit looking at your circumstances is what I hear the Lord saying. Look around you at the brokenness. Look around you at the, at the addiction and the affliction and the division. I mean, is there ever a time? that we have lived in our lives when our world has been more divided. There is such a need for prayer and intercession. And so we have to be those that accept this call and stand in the gap and do it well, not half-heartedly, not like, oh, it's prayer time. I'm bored with that. I am not. I am not bored with my prayer life. It is fiery and exciting because I serve an exciting God whose voice energizes me. And when he speaks to me and tells me how to pray and intercede, I am fired up. 
and happy to do it. And so I'm excited to stand in the gap for big things because we serve a big God and he wants to do big things on the back of our prayer and intercession. And so I know the Lord's heart is for whole cities and whole regions and whole people groups and whole countries to repent and turn to him. But he is not slow about his promise. He is patient, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But church, prayers, intercessors, he will fulfill his promise. And so if there's not an urgency within you to stand in the gap, I would really ask you to examine the spirit within you. We have to stand in the gap. We have to pray. We have to make our churches houses of prayer, and we have to do it well. Personal intercession is absolutely critical. Corporate intercession is important. We have to begin to do these things and do them well. And so this morning, I want us to pray into this. I want us to pray into the intercession the Lord has called us to. Some people are called to to intercede for things that I will never be called to intercede for. Your intercession will not be the same as mine. You will not be called to intercede for the same things as me, and I won't be called to intercede for the same things as you. It's individual and it's and it's um, personal, but there's many things that we are called to agree in in intercession, and these are some of those things. You know, I talk to intercessors who are situated different places in the country, and sometimes when I speak, I, I've mentioned her before with Pastor D. Boyd down in Fort Worth at Crossroads Tabernacle. We will have the same burden laid on us near the same time, and when that happens and we compare notes, we get really excited because we know this matters to the Lord if he's burdening both of us in different places to pray for the same thing. And that happens a lot when I speak to intercessors across the globe or across the country. I hear the Lord burdening them, the Lord burdening me for the same thing. There are people who are burdened to stand in the gap for things I won't, but there are many of us that are corporately uniting our prayers in the Holy Spirit to pray big prayers that the Lord would begin to move on the back of those intercession, of those prayers, and expand his kingdom. And so this morning, I just want to pray into this, Lord, this is so much. There's so much. Lord, I, I could spend so much time on each one of these points. But Lord, I think what you're doing is renewing our call this morning. I think you're renewing our call to prayer. I think you are renewing our call to intercession. I think you are reminding us that it's okay to be excited and passionate and bubbly and energized about talking to you. I love you. I love our relationship. I love sharing what we share. I love talking about what you're what you're revealing to me. And Lord, I thank you that you're calling me to pray. I thank you that you're calling each person on here to pray. And so Lord, we want to be better intercessors and we need your help. And your Holy Spirit is such a good teacher. I believe Melissa or Marie prayed that this morning. You're such a good teacher. And so we declare that we don't know how to pray and intercede without you, but thank you for helping us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for helping us know how to pray and stand in the gap. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you've called us to, to pray prayers that impact our family. I thank you that you care about our family. 
more than we do. And Lord, I praise you for answered prayer. I thank you for the years of prayer and intercession that you had me bring to you for my children and their future spouses. And Lord, I praise you for the culmination this weekend of that prayer. I thank you that my two children are serving you with two godly spouses that you gave them. So, Lord, thank you for answering that prayer. And I'm just convinced and I praise you in advance that you're going to do it for Baylor, too. Jesus, thank you that when my my child wasn't serving you as a prodigal, you were patient and you were kind. But, boy, did you transform and woo her back to you. I praise you for that. Lord, there are those on this call that are standing in the gap. Would you increase their intercession? Would you increase their urgency? Father, would you bring us to a place where the things that you care about, we care about? Lord, I thank you that we could stand in the gap for the lost and the broken around us. I thank you, Father, for giving us an increased burden for the lost and the broken around us. None of us have to go very far to find that. We don't have to go far at all to find the lost and the broken around us. And so thank you, Jesus. Thank you for burdening us. Father, I thank you for asking us to stand in the gap for our local church, our local body of believers. Lord, make our churches, make our bodies, make those that we're standing in the gap for houses of prayer. Lord, and if our churches are already houses of prayer, will you increase our prayer, increase our intercession, teach us corporately how to do it better. Father, I thank you that you have given us territory, that you've set boundaries and you give us territory and you'd like to increase it, but you want to see us steward better what you've already entrusted. And so, Lord, will you help us know what region we should be praying for? Where is our territory? Is it our neighborhood? Is it our church neighborhood? Is it someplace else that you're giving us? Lord, will you burden us? Will you speak to us? Will you tell us? What is the section that you want us to pray for, that you would begin to pour your spirit out, that you would begin to saturate that area, and that it would leak out all over that area, and that the people that live there, and the people that work there, and the people that visit there would know that this area is your kingdom, and that when we step foot in this area, we know that Jesus Christ is the reigning influence over this territory. Hallelujah. Father, within this territory, I believe that you're asking us to pray for the other churches and the other local bodies of all denominations in this territory. And so, Father, we pray. We do. We pray for the other bodies of believers in these territories. Father, we ask that you would increase them, that you would bless them, that you would grow and mature them, that your spirit would be poured out every time they meet, and that you would be the reigning factor, and that they would look to you for agenda, and they would follow you, and that they too would become houses of prayer. And Father, would you begin to soften each church that we would be able to pray together, that all of these churches and bodies of believers will begin to unite. It's not impossible. It's your heart. And so, Lord, I'm praying for unity in these communities in Jesus' name. And, Father, I thank you for the cities in which you've given us. You've entrusted us to pray and intercede for whole cities 
to become your kingdom domain, your domain to reign and rule and influence. And so, Lord, no matter how impossible it seems, no matter how big or small or divided or broken the city is, Father, I am praying for the welfare of the city. I'm praying that you call us to pray for the welfare. Would you burden us for our areas, burden us for our cities, burden us for our regions, Lord, that we would stand on behalf of that region before your throne and lift it up to you for the increased welfare, for the blessing of the city, for the unification, and for the pushing out, the systematic pushing out of darkness and principalities out of that region so that you would be the reigning and ruling influence. Father, we pray these things in the name of Jesus because you've asked us to. These are far too great of ideas for me to come up with. I'm not even that clever. Lord, I can't think that big. And Lord, in my fleshy humanness, I declare to you, I know I would internalize everything. So I thank you for calling us by your spirit to not pray prayers we think are good, but prayers you want to answer. And so, Lord, thank you for giving us your heart's desire. Thank you for pouring into us your agenda. Thank you, Jesus, that you're asking us to pray greater prayers so you can move mightily on them. We love you today. We bless you today. Now, Jesus, would you burden each one of us by your Holy Spirit to begin crying out for these things, and we will agree together in corporate unity and corporate intercession that your will would be released. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, I'm reminded today, um, just now, of what happens when we give ourselves to prayer and what happens when we call others to prayer and what happens when intercessors band together to begin to pray corporate intercession and your hand begins to move and the enemy fills that loss. He fills the loss of his kingdom in those places and he begins Mm -hmm. to lash out. And so, Lord, I just feel it very critical in this hour to lift up other intercessors. Father, thank you for allowing us to intercede for other intercessors for two things. Mm -hmm. One, that you would raise up more intercessors, raise up more people, call more people to intercession. Father, people feel like it's a specific title, like if it's a specific job that only some people are called to do when you are calling all of us to be gap standards. And so would you bring that revelation, would you bring that realization and raise up more intercessors Lord, for the fight, for the battle, for the warfare. And then two, Lord Jesus, I feel those that have been interceding, Lord, no matter how long, Jesus, that are under attack because the enemy has felt the loss, he has felt the loss, Mm -hmm. and he is retaliating. And Jesus, we have sickness, Lord, we have illness, we have family members being affected. Father, of some of the most powerful intercessors with a great voice, Lord. And so right now, Lord Jesus, I just pray, Lord, a spirit of perseverance to keep praying, to keep interceding. Father, a spirit of endurance to fall upon us, Lord, that no matter how hard it is around us, that no matter what gets brought out, Father, I believe that right now is a systematic uncovering of hidden things so we know how to pray against them better. Hidden things, Father. The enemy has hidden sin. He has caused secrets. 
and you are mm. shining your light on those things that we may pray for them to fall, like racism, mm. like inequality, like preferentialism, mm. like all kinds of things that we in the church have turned our head away from, Lord. We are calling those things out in Jesus' name, and we are calling That's them right. to flee to the dry places yeah. in the name of Jesus. But when we do that, Lord, the enemy hates that, and so, Lord, he's retaliating mm. against your prayers, against your interceders. And so, Father, I just pray right now for other intercessors, Lord, that are really struggling. Lord, there's a struggle. I feel the battle. I'm seeing mm. it, Lord, on the front line. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would be so mm. weak as intercessors that we have no choice but to lean solely on those, the one that is so strong, and that is you, yes, Jesus. Yeah. So we declare our weakness today that you may be strong. We declare our That's utter dependence me. upon you, Lord, that you would be completely oh, yeah. all-encompassing, yeah. in charge, and in and not only in charge, Lord, but in every moment of our life, the leader. In every moment of our life, the Lord. In every moment of our life, the commander and the guide and the king of our life, Lord. As mm-hmm. intercessors, we must be submitted and completely dependent upon you. And so, Lord, when it seems like we need to quit, when it hurts, when it's hard, mm-hmm. when we're tired, yes. Father, I'm praying mm-hmm. a prayer of intercession for intercessors to keep on keeping on, Lord. And just keep praying. Keep standing. Keep believing, Lord. I feel that so strongly today. So, Lord, I just pray now in the name of Jesus. So needed, yes. Pastor Jim Williams, would you you close us this morning if you're able to? Are you on still? Yes. So, Jesus, uh, we have sensed your presence on this call. Lord, we know that you've been in every home. You've been seated right next to every person that has been listening, that has been interceding, that has been uh, encouraged by the word that's been shared so powerfully today, so passionately today, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, we want a greater burden for our cities, our families, our church, our pastors. Lord, we just want a greater burden. We want your heart, Lord. We want to pray your heart, Lord. We just don't want to pray any word. We don't want to yeah. to just speak out, Lord, but we want to pause. We want to meditate. We want to listen. And, Lord, we want to pray back to you the very words that you have spoken to us. And so we're grateful today, Lord. We're grateful for the power of your word. We're grateful, Lord, that it transforms individuals it transforms communities lord it can transform states and nations lord it can transform all around the world lord and so we just pray god right into your heart lord we don't pray with fear we don't pray with doubt lord because we know that everything lord that uh, comes from your throne lord and flows in us and through us lord we just pray back to you god we agree with you lord we agree with your word that says not that if we we just two of us agree as the test of this one thing that will be done lord and so lord there's so many on the call lord we just we just are hand in hand and heart and heart this morning lord yeah we're just crying out to you the very words that you have placed in our hearts and lord we celebrate lord we celebrate we look to you lord because there's victory lord 
not just around the corner, but right in front of us, Lord. That's and I'm yeah. praying today. I praise you for the power. I praise you for transformation, Lord. I praise you, Lord, today that you are walking with us step by step. And Holy Spirit, we bless your name today, Lord. We bless your name today. Thank you for leading and guiding us into all truth. We, we just believe today that we have heard from you and that your word is good and your word will not return void, Lord, but it will produce fruit, Lord, a hundred times over. And we give you praise and we pray all these things in the strong name of Yeshua. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen.